Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Two Point Culture Podcast. You know the vibes. I'm Chase. Zach, I'm Zach. What's, up? what's up? How you doing, brother? It's hot as fuck over here in Montreal Bro, <laughs> right now. Broiling, dying. <laughs> oh man, the heat wave came back with us. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. But you know what? Summertime vibes, baby. A lot of Summer, lot of things summertime. to guess. Yes. A lot of things to get into. Speaking of summertime vibes, there's a lot of music to cover after. So we look oh, forward yeah. to that. Yes. Definitely. Real quick, though, uh, did you catch that Lloyd Banks album? Of course. I, I listened to Baby and Dirt first because I knew I was going to sit on the Banks album. And okay. when I got into that Banks album, that was Cotty's great. I love that. I thought it was very OG. I thought it was really old school gangster rap, and I kind of liked it. It was kind of different, and I like the independency of, of it got to bring that energy back i personally knew that the album was coming out i but i still have to go find it so i think they have to do something with the algorithm because the indie artists are obviously getting screwed out of this i mean just because you're yeah. not signed to a major doesn't mean that you don't deserve that pub especially when you have as many accolades as banks has done as an artist thoughts on the album once again i, I really liked it i thought it was very og gangster storytelling like it just had this very old school vibe there wasn't much auto tone or any of that like kind of newer rap sound i guess you would say i just thought it was just your classic rap album. i felt like honestly i felt like a throwback to like the 2000s almost like the first back banks album sorry pardon me um i really like the vado feature on oh man dishonorable dis- dishonorable discharge i believe it's called yeah um besides that i also really liked and i know he's uncredited on the playlist but i like the freddie gibbs feature on empathy and shout out benny benny the yeah. Virtual too that one was insane also well i guess we'll get into it a little bit later but uh i liked his feature the most too on the dm uh, dmx album. DMX album yeah he's just got a presence to him yeah no benny 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 brings that energy back man uh them Griselda boys are wild yeah Betty versus (laughs) anyways um I'm not gonna go too much into that but yeah no shout out to Banks Mm -hmm. great piece of work yeah hopefully we see more yeah yes yes even just the start of it that propane chain one (laughs) yeah his album came in hot like Durant on a date with Lana Rhodes right now (laughs) that's the way I see this (laughs) Yeah, and but you so it's so great because Banks, <laughs> Banks brought all the rappers like the other, <laughs> the yeah, other exactly. girl on the date. <laughs> he was KD. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep one in the tuck. <laughs> you know oh, I mean? Yeah, for the listeners who don't know, apparently Kevin Durant went on a date with Lena Rhodes, and he brought a respectable lady to, I guess, back her up because, just like his days in OKC. Never knew what happened with the starter. Always have to have a quality backup. <laughs> Gotta have one on the bench. Oh, hey, <laughs> he's looking for his James Harden, man. Yo, I pray my girl never listens to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, I didn't. I know, you're, you're protected right now. You Somehow you managed to find a way to get the safety on at your place. <laughs> um, that safety sign up there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> So hold on. 
Do you want to backtrack on this a little bit more? Apparently, Lana Rhodes is pregnant now, too, by the way. I'm just, oh, like, yeah. That was no, that, that's news to me. I guess things went well for Easy Money Sniper over there, right? <laughs> was it his child? I don't know. It's easy. His Instagram handle is Easy Money Sniper. I trust he knows when to keep the safety on. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> it's either that or maybe it's a little champagne poppy. I don't know. We're Listeners, spreading rumors over here. <laughs> Listeners, by the way, I'm going to apologize in advance. I'm congested like crazy on this side. So if you hear me, like, it's just that. I'm sorry. It's the allergy season. Condones. Hey, whoever's with me, you're with me in this. You're not alone out there, all right? Favorite friends uh, right now are definitely some box of tissue and some, like, Benadryl right now. Listen, I ran out of the Claritin, and I was just like, I could take this one, but falling not off halfway through a podcast, probably not the best way to do it. I thought it was your emotions right now from the Celtics. <laughs> um, listen, like I said, off mic, right now the Nets are stomping the dog shit out of the Bucks, so <laughs> I'm cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm I cool think you're not being there. Yeah, I think you're okay on that end. Um, speaking, speaking of which, of which yeah, hey, there we go. Look at that, man. Hey. Speaking of which, I think we got some sports that we need to cover, especially basketball. Again, I guess we have this big move in the uh, NFL as well. We'll see. <sighs> some number we'll changes see. or something. Somebody switched up their area code. Yeah. We'll the get jet, into that as well. The Jet called a Jet. All right. <laughs> Let's get into the NBA, though. This yes. is the fun part. So round two has started. Right. And as we're recording this, I think we were one game in on each series, except for now the Nets are playing. So that's game two. Yeah. And Clippers haven't uh, started their series yet either. Exactly. Let's break down quickly these series here. Uh, Milwaukee versus Brooklyn. Let's make some predictions. I know you're, what you're seeing is the beatdown, but did you expect it to go like this? Um, my honest opinion was if it wasn't close, this would be the case. Mm-hmm. So right now, as I'm watching, Brooklyn is leading 40 to 21. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing this without James Harden. They called up Blake Griffin to, you know, bring that old thing back. Uh, this is very, very scary because Blake Griffin just drained a three like it's nobody's business in Brooklyn. Uh, I knew they were going to win <laughs> game one because they're not going to lose in front of Hove in Brooklyn. They just, that would be sacrilegious. Yeah, no. Uh, nope. So to be honest with you, Zach, if I'm making a prediction on the series, uh, I've got Brooklyn in I want to say five, but I'm bleeding more six. Now, you know what? Br- Brooklyn in five. To be honest, I actually had Brooklyn in five beforehand, too. Yeah. I thought Brooklyn was going to stop Milwaukee. Well, Chris Middleton's turned into Chris Middleton. So, I mean, 13 points, 13 boards, not bad for game one, but <laughs> just not enough, man. You, I don't know. Um, even down to their bench, there's not enough depth to Milwaukee right now, it seems to keep up with the Nets, which is ironic because the Nets are so top heavy. Having a player like one of those big three on the court, whole game, basically, one of them could stay on there. Such a benefit compared to any other team. It's the start of the second quarter right now. And Brooklyn's up by 20 and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving just entered back into the game. So that's a heads up of where (laughs) this is going to look like. (laughs) No, it just it won't be a pretty series. I think it's going to be a quick one. Good. Let's jump to the uh, next Eastern Conference game. Atlanta, Let's go Atlanta, Philly. Philly. Atlanta won Game One. Yep. But just beforehand, any predictions, thoughts on where you saw this ser- series going? Because uh, 
I think this goes to Philly in seven. I mm. didn't think that Atlanta would win game one like that, but mm-hmm. hey, they came out, they looked good. They came out swinging. So, um, no, but I'll, I'll go uh, 76ers in seven. Sixers and seven. Okay. I'll go Philly and six. All right. I like, I'm going to say something though. It might be Philly and six, but this is a big, but if Embiid's not there and he's not healthy, Atlanta has a really good chance of winning this series. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you there, especially because Ben Simmons doesn't seem to be able to slow down Trey Young. And that's no slight of Ben Simmons because no. he's had a great playoff showing so far. But uh, it's yeah, not Trey's, that, Trey's different right now. No, but it's not just that. I mean, Capella's been great on the boards. They also have Collins, too, who's been pretty good. It's been a matchup nightmare. Now, <laughs> one point I'd like to bring up is this is why Philly brought in Doc Rivers. You paid the big money to bring him and his, his coaching staff from the Clippers over. If they get bounced in this round, it's really going to hurt Doc's reputation. Like he can't afford to go out in the second round right now. You don't think? I feel like the end of the Celtics was worse. I mean, than this. they were the number. They're the number one seed in the East. That's true too. Actually, I didn't take that into consideration. Right, and look, and think about all of his recent collapses. I mean, whether, like you said, the Ooh. Celtics, he had he had some collapses. It's not his fault. If we're going to call a spade a spade. <laughs> but he, he did. He right. Um, that's no disrespect to him, no, but I mean, no. the Clippers, he had, he had some collapses too. Right. So it's just, it's something that maybe needs to be addressed here. I'm hoping it doesn't happen. Cause I'd love to see a 76ers Nets matchup. I think it would, I think they match up. I, I got, I got, well, I, I got the matchup I for you. Think, I got the matchup for you. Go for it. Okay. This is just a grudge match. There's a lot of factors here. So if we don't get Brooklyn Phoenix, 76ers Phoenix. Doc versus Chris Paul. That'd be good. That would be fun. I'd like that. There's a couple. Actually, if we get Suns Nets, that would also be something. Because you have Blake Blake. on one side with James Harden. True. Very true. CP on the other. Yeah, no, there's a lot of different narratives that can happen out of this. I'm I'm excited for it. Again. Let's pump the brakes here. We're still doing our round two predictions. Correct. Okay. Okay, so just to recap, you said Brooklyn in five. I said Brooklyn in five. I have Philly in six. You have Philly in seven. Correct. Let's switch to the West now. Denver Nuggets versus the Phoenix Suns. This is so tough to call. Phoenix in seven. Phoenix in seven? That's a good call. They're, They're a good team. Um, I thought Dame was going to put a pin in Denver in that last game. Unfortunately, it didn't. Uh, I'm going to go with Suns in seven. I think I'm going to go with you on this one too. I think I'm going to go Suns in seven. And the only reason why I'm going Suns in seven instead of six is just because Suns right now are kind of banged up going into this series. Right. Nobody's nobody's healthy. Aiden's um, hurt. CP's been banged up too. Whew. Devin Booker hasn't know. skipped yeah. a beat, though. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking, too. But then, like, on the opposite side, like, they need eight in there healthy to slow down Jokic. Yeah, there might be only a handful of big guys that can match Jokic from an athleticism standpoint. 
Very true. Um, and as Cantor and Yusuf Nurkic couldn't do that last series, so. No, exactly. So I, I kind of like that. I like that matchup. For Denver, though, I mean, I guess they have to just keep getting production out of uh, Austin Rivers, who is Chase's public enemy number one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's number one. There's, there's a few on the list. Austin's up there. He can make the top 15. Not number he one. He makes top okay. Yeah. Top, okay, top okay, sorry. I don't sorry. hate Austin Rivers sorry. like that. I just, you know, your pops got you here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, listen. You <laughs> I'm Austin Rivers. Him, I want and then no he smoke. dropped, all, he was just dropping threes. <laughs> I know, Austin Rivers, I want uh, no smoke. <laughs> I've never seen a guy drop so many threes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, but no, they have Michael Porter Jr. too has been yeah. solid for them as well, so. That's we'll see what happens there. More interesting than we think. I think so too. I think it's going to be a little gritty too as well. And finally, we have the last series: good old Jazz Clippers. Clippers, they limped their way in. You you could say they dominated though in game, well, game seven, quarters three and four. Okay. Where do you see that series going? Hmm. Um, a lot of sevens here. Or I think this too goes to seven. I'm going to go with the Utah Jazz over Kawhi yeah. Leonard and Paul George. I got Utah on six. Ooh. Oh, Zach, we're in the I, same. Look, I, this could either be really good or really bad. <laughs> and the reason why I'm going Utah on six, it's not even because of my bias. It's more to do with the fact that when I watched Utah play against Memphis, I just noticed how deep they are as a team. I don't think people are talking about this enough. They're dangerously deep. Uh, either I've said this in podcasts before, but switching from Donovan Mitchell to Mike Conley off the bench is still one of the greatest transitions like ever. Um, Jordan Clarkson, mm-hmm. Mr. Sixth Man of the Year, you know, he has that award for a reason. Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles. Uh, they're really, really depthy roster, and I guess this is just the year it took to get it all together. I will say that the roster performs better than their fans, though. So. Oh, shots fired! Yeah, listen, I got a whole clip for all NBA fans today. I'm not proud of any of you, none of you, not one. I'm with you on this one. It's been a little bit disrespectful, considering like you're looking at other sports, like. I mean, hockey for the most part has been pretty calm since it's been since its return. Uh, even football too, when they started allowing fans into some of these into some of the stadiums later on in the year, there was no issues. Just seems like basketball. I feel like I feel like a lot of people right now, especially on social media, they're looking at basketball players and they're like, "This guy's a pussy. This guy's soft." Do you realize he's six foot five? <laughs> Seven foot two fifty is different. Than what right, you like, no, but come on. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Kyrie. Like, what's Kyrie? Six three right now? Like, what six two? Six, six three. three. That's still a big dude, man. If you saw you saw Kyrie or even Westbrook walking down the street, you're telling me that you would try to fuck with them. I would still have to look eye to eye to see them. Like, like I'd have to look up to make eye to eye contact. Like, it doesn't make imagine sense. me, dude. Have you ever actually <laughs> thought about the fact of like? Steph Curry like looks super skinny in the NBA, but like if you saw him out in public, he'd be like a super jacked guy, and you'd be like, "Oh, I'm not fighting that guy." 
For like, sure. It just doesn't make sense. For sure. Like it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like I remember like people used to say like, wow, look how small Steve Nash is. And then it's like, he's listed six, three. You're like, well, that's not that small. <laughs> oh, not at all. And think about, <laughs> do you, do you think Russell Westbrook's cut from the same cloth as like Ron Artest? Like, do you really think that's the person you want to fight? <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. Even to be honest, even Kyrie, I mean, Kyrie grew up in some pretty rough neighborhoods back in New York. <laughs> Well, not just was it that, New York, or New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey. I think it was. Yeah, but not yeah, just that. Like if, because like if this was if this was Malice in the Palace, Russell Westbrook's one of the first people in that crowd to fight people. But I'm not saying that he's trying intentionally Easily. to fight people, but he's not shy to back down either. Like he does have that in him, like that go there place. For um, sure, fans, just be better. That's all we're asking. Please. They don't deserve um, this. They're here for our right. entertainment to take our minds off this is what, what's going on in the world. Come on. You're paying all this money. Yeah. Enjoy the game. But that's the problem. N- no, there's enjoy. No, no, no. There's enjoying the game and being stupid. And right, that's, right, right. There's, right. A fine, there's, there's a line there. I know. And people need to realize just because you bought ticket to a, tickets to a game doesn't mean you have the right to do whatever the fuck you want. No. And the other thing, too, is just... I know if your team loses, it sucks and it's it's tough. Believe me, we've all been there. <laughs> We're gonna go into that later I don't think too. That there's any <laughs> name me a team. Every team has gone through heartbreak. Doesn't matter. At least one point in their career, they've gone through some heartbreak. Did you hear about what the people? I think it was in Utah said to John Moran's parents. Yeah. I'll put it's a ridiculous. nickel in your back and play your boy. Like, are you out of your? Yeah. Man. No. And that's not the first time in Utah that stuff's been said. I mean, their own no. players. Rus- Russell come- Westbrook. Russell Westbrook again in Utah too. One of their own. Was it Donovan? Maybe even Don. I think it yeah. might've been even Donovan. He said, he's like, I've heard some stuff before too. Yeah, for sure. We've gone through some tragedy. We've gone through some heartbreak. There's been some teams that have been bounced. I feel like we should try something a little different today. Okay. Two point culture style, a little post, a little post mortem. I'm going to name you a team and just kind of say overall thoughts on their playoff run. And then what do you expect for the future? doesn't have to be anything too crazy. Just thoughts and feelings here. And let's okay. start with the New York Knicks. All right, Knicks. Um, I think the New York Knicks are two to three years ahead of schedule. I agree. Um, they weren't supposed to be here this year like this. They shook some heads. They mm-hmm. made some noise. They made a great push into the playoffs. Look for them, obviously, like we've reiterated here, to look for a point guard going into the season. I believe they're already trying to see with Dave's cryptic message what what his availability is. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to dive deep into that, but I just want yeah. to put that out there along with the Knicks. Um, sure. Congratulations to Thibodeau as well. He just won, was announced as the coach of the year. Thank you, Coach Tubbs. And I look for Derek Rose to get the bag. I just don't know if it's with them or somewhere else. So the Knicks as a whole, congratulations. You have great starting pieces. Um, R.J. Barrett's coming into his own. And yeah, that's my thoughts on their playoff run. Um, I thought they would have won that series about the 
against the Hawks, but you know, you can't, it's their first playoff appearance since 2013, I believe. So take yes. what you can get out of this season. You guys did a lot of good things and it's a really good constructive place to continue to build on from. I think the Knicks took a giant step this year. And I also think that they've now become a more of a viable destination for free agents going into the next off season than the one after that. And I'm talking about like big players too. I'm not talking about your average role bench players. Unless it's the right player, buy your time. Don't overspend. Don't do anything too stupid. They've got a pretty good little core being built. They just need to solidify it with maybe one or two pieces. And who knows? Maybe they'll be up there against Brooklyn in the next couple of years. Possibly. I, I, I will like say we, one thing yeah. that I should have probably thrown. I like Taj Gibson getting able, being able to mentor Randall a little bit more. Because there are going to be times where Randall has to actually play like a bit, not just like a stretch forward. Yeah. And I like Taj there for that. Well, I just found that it was pretty evident that Randall's not a number one. I thought, I think we learned that quite quickly. It reminded me a lot of Siakam this uh, last year with Toronto, right? As soon as he became the number one option, people start game planning around him. He doesn't have that takeover game breaking ability that some of these other players have, you know, that's not a knock on that player. It's just, he's a good, he's not a great one, but he's could be a very good two. And he could be an excellent three, depending on if the, if the puzzle pieces fit goes back to what you said though. Like if they can add a Dame or even a Steph Curry in the next couple of years, like they've got to correct that point guard position of which they let slide away from them in 2010. I believe they need to get that right for sure. 2014 draft was the year that Julius was Randall. So this Julius Randall was drafted. So he's in his seventh league year, which is crazy because he got into the league when he was like 19. Um, do you think he started to scratch the surface on his ceiling? Hmm. Or have this we already tough... seen the ceiling and like the floor as well? Well, I, we've seen the floor. The floor is, is given like we saw the floor already. Um, but I don't think the floor is that low. I still think on a, on a bad day, he's still a, an NBA starter, which is right. a very good problem to have. Right. On a good day, though, like I said, I, I think he'd be a great second option. Like When that team is going, it's when they have contribution from Rose, from Barrett, from Quickly. Like, Burks. When those players are having their an off night or they're uh, matched up poorly, you kind of need Randall to take that extra step, and I just don't see – he has it like he was taking a lot of shots wide open. And I guess he, I don't know if he was overthinking it, but he was just laying bricks at one point and you could see it was kind of getting to his head a bit. Well, yeah. And to be fair, it was his first playoff appearance. So, you For know, sure. fatigue may have set in as well. Like nerves. Yeah. That too. And let's not sugarcoat this. You're playing in New York. Yeah. Not, that's not an easy place to, to play no. place to play. Um, Madison Square Garden is still the garden. It's still the mecca. It's still recognized as the beginning of everything for basketball. So the Knicks are in a good place. Julius hopefully gets a chance to step, take that next step, and hopefully they actually get the right pieces around him to, you know, help him get there. Would you say Knicks next year stock up, stagnant, or down? Stagnant for now. I'm going to say I want to I want to wait to see the draft before I change perfect. anything else in free agency. But yeah, right now they're on a parallel. Okay. Yeah. 
I'll go parallel as well. Like you, I'll just, I don't want to stay stock up just yet. I'm like you, I'm just kind of want to be a little reserved. We're going to know a lot come uh, the draft and free agency. It's hard to say anything because all we can do is kind of like guess the subtractions and not know the additions. So right, um, we don't want to stay too long on the Knicks though. We got a lot more to get through. So we're going to jump in to the next one. Again, same situation. Are we doing stock up, stock down, or stagnant? Let's go with the Washington Wizards. Um, you want me to take this one? Yeah, I need a stock second. down. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm going down because I I don't see both Beal and Westbrook coming back next year for this team. Okay. It sucks to say this, but I know they have like guys like uh, Rui Hachimura, but there's not much to be excited for for the future in Washington. <sighs> In a sense, like this is a team that I think it would be best to just completely rebuild. So the interesting thing to note about this right now is we know for sure that the Washington Wizards are going to target Masai Ujiri, pardon me, mm-hmm. for fumbling uh, on the name there a little bit, Masai Ujiri, um, which will tell the changing of the guards what should happen there. Because right now, everybody in the Raptors organization, their futures are uncertain. Right. Uh, Masai has a contract extension. I do think he stays with the Raptors, but if the Wizards do get a chance to swindle him away, um, that could be the start of the turnaround for them. It really could. Um, but to stay on stock up, stock down, or stagnant, I'm with you. It's very hard to get excited about, you know, the end Bradley Beal was asked about his future there he said he doesn't know usually never good things come from that nope um no so yeah I'm with you stock down I can't see like you I can't see both Russ and Beal being back there good young pieces around them who knows maybe they move some and really start the rebuild but uh no it's about uh, the way down history is going to continue to repeat itself for the sake of the Wizards. Sorry, Wizards fans. Masai had a chance to get Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And he said no. So now, like, an older Westbrook, I just don't see it. I don't think it entices him. I think, like you, he ends up back in Toronto. He says he wants to win, though, and he wants he wants to have the assets to do it. So I'm kind of curious to see if maybe Toronto says, listen, here's the keys to the city, and go out and build us another winner. Maybe they go out and make a move for a certain superstar. We'll see. I think Bradley Beal is done as a wizard. If not, if it's not him, then it's, it's Russ, but time on the clock for both of these guys. And I don't expect them to be a wizard. If not next year, then the year after. So we'll see what happens. All right. All right. Moving along. Welcome to Miami. Uh, I think this might be the most disappointing team to get bounce in a sense because i think we both had a lot higher expectations for the heat just a weird season like as a whole it kind of proves that that bubble season for them at least it was just it was a high that unfortunately came crashing down and maybe they overvalued their roster a little bit more than perception of it so it's so tough because well one like you and i have discussed pat riley doesn't really just seem to have lost a trade um that's number one right 
number two, it's not like they didn't try. I mean, making the push for Victor Oladipo, but obviously the history of Victor Oladipo Depot has not been kind kind to him or to his NBA career because it's constant. Each season is constantly being cut short by injury, right? Um, which sucks because he's such a great talent when he's healthy and probably the right piece for the Heat. Mm-hmm. What we do know right now is the Heat are probably going to be in a major moving mode. Um, I still have them on the trend up, but closer to a stagnant more than the trend up. Okay. I don't know what they're going to do to address this. And I don't know who's out of there, but clearly things need to change because just skating by like the way they did in the way they started the season to coast their way into the playoffs and make that final push and then seem to have all the answers together and then just to watch that all blow up like that by a stomp out by the Bucks, Like, it's disappointing. It gets to the point of, did they move on from Gordon Dragic? Do, because he's getting up there in age too, so I'm sure yeah. you have to entertain getting younger at certain positions, but I don't know, just a really weird season for the Heat. Um, yeah, that's that's about sums up point I feel about that. I'd like I'd like to just touch the Pat Riley thing, and I, I thought that was very interesting what you said about he's never lost a trade. But I also feel like the way he could have saved this season was if he actually made a move at the deadline and got Kyle Lowry. I mean, I don't want to bring this back to the wraps, but the Heat were in the running for, uh, for Lowry, but they wouldn't part with Tyler Hero, who severely underperformed down the stretch and into the playoffs. And not for nothing. Maybe that's a silver lining to the Raptors. For the Raps, absolutely. But I'm saying as a Heat fan, you got to second guess yourself on that on that end there. Well, this, got, this is Tyler Hero's second year, right? Right. Sec, yeah, it's his second year. Oh, so you know what? I don't count much on Tyler Hero this year. I think the sophomore slump is a real thing. So I think that's exactly what he's going through. I think he'll be better next season. And for Heat fans, I... They're hoping for that. <laughs> for sure. They're, they're going to want to pick me up, especially if certain members disappear the way that they have disappeared over the course of the past few years watching the Miami Heat. I think another question that needs to be answered, is Jimmy Butler a $180 million player? Because that's, that's uh, what he wants. Whew. He's looking for a four-year $180 million deal, reportedly. Um, Jesus, this is a tough one. I don't think so. But then again, the salaries are so inflated right now that he might just get it. He might get it. Plus, not and that's nothing. not, an, yeah. Jim, Jimmy is like himself as a person. He's a culture shifter. Yeah. Well, he demands excellence and he demands the hard play, which I love. By the way, I'm not. And I'm not a Jimmy no, Butler no, hater. Trash. You're yeah. not trashing him. I, I, no, I no, understand no. That. It's, no, no. It's just. When you think of a $180 million player, you know, you're thinking about the top players in the league, right? And like, where do you rank Jimmy Butler? I wouldn't have him in my top 10. Neither would I actually. Um, He he might be on the cusp. I'd have to make a list and go through this, but I don't think Jimmy Butler's in my top. Actually, no, Jimmy Butler's not been in any of the starting fives that I made when we did that priorly in a couple episodes ago. Yeah. But I mean, top twenty, top twenty-five, maybe. But it's a oh, list. top top twenty, definitely. <laughs> top twenty, I would say definitely. But 
I, I just wouldn't go put him in my top 10. It's a big if, but if he becomes available and decides that he's out of the Clippers, I expect the Heat to be heavily, heavily, heavily in pursuit of Kawhi Leonard. They need to be. And if, well, listen, number one, I think if the Clippers get bounced, actually, no, I'm going to save this because this goes into the West and we're not there yet. So hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, I do agree with you. They're going to probably end up making a push for a very, very big player. Kawhi Leonard of Miami with that roster around him might actually do it. Him and Bam together under the paint would be crazy. Yep. Like for, sure. for Heat, sorry, I'm going to say that they are stagnant as well. Miami fans, hopefully you guys don't end up like the Wizards. And finally, in the East. Oh, here we go. I'm going to just I'm, give you the microphone. Oh, man. Celtics fans, hear me. Hear me well. We're about to enter a lot of stages of uncertainty. Kemba and Marcus Smart, I don't see them coming back. They're going to also have to make a choice shortly between Jason Tatum and Jason Brown, probably. On top of that, Brad Stevens is no longer our head coach. He will be moved into personnel. Right. And Danny Ainge seems to be out of there, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a really big sense of uncertainty with the Celtics. As long as all these questions are around there right now, I do have to send this as trending down. But if history has shown us anything, we're never down for long. We'll be back in five to seven years and contending again. Maybe even three. Three to five, I say, we're back. Which isn't bad. No. If you think but that's also it. the Danny Ainge record, so I don't know what's going to come. If I'm a Celtics fan, and I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> we we guessed. <laughs> yeah. No, but if I'm a Celtics fan though, right now, bias aside, I'm just praying that it's not a panic move. I'm praying there's no. Let's solve a problem by creating another problem. Fair. I can I can understand that. Um, the history of Boston doesn't really show that too much. They will. Boston knows when to blow up and kind of when to get back up. We but saw that was Dan. But that was Danny Ainge. But that and was I Danny understand. Ainge. I understand that Stevens was groomed by Ainge and I get that he probably has sat in those meetings and they've, they've probably have exchanged conversations about roster removes and personnel and and all of that. Right. But when it's you who decides it's a different story. You're hundred percent correct. Um, So it's a very big time of uncertainty for the Celtics fans, obviously going forward. We, we have no answers until we get that one question first. Listen, there's nothing for me to go into because all the decisions are being made already. The head yeah. coach is being moved. Danny Ainge is out of there. Like it's, It doesn't make any sense to get upset about anything because much like my Eagles, they made all the decisions that they had to do already. So there's been some reports in Boston that the next coach is going to be most likely African-American. Do you... Do you think that they're playing the politically correct move or do you think they're taking the best candidate? Um, So this is a very difficult subject to touch upon and I want to be sensitive to everybody around here. For sure. Um, Because I don't know how many times we look at the best candidate because I don't know if Steve Nash was the best candidate to coach the Brooklyn Nets, right? I agree. Um, I don't think 
your basketball IQ should be just based off of our skin color because that doesn't necessarily mean you're a good coach. Exactly. I will, however, say um, as long as the opportunities are fair to everybody, that's what I'm for. Um, mm-hmm. So I just really hope whoever is considered is the right person for the job, one, not just based on the color of their skin. Um, and- number two, but I'm going to say this, and this is going to be my – I think they should turn the mascot lucky – black i think it should be i really do i i I think celtics fans have gone too wild myself excluded over the fact that Kyrie stepped on this logo yeah that players are running all over and i think a lot of that goes into the stigma of the things that Kyrie irving said before but playing in boston where it was hopefully i can just go there and focus on basketball because Mm -hmm. i've heard the comments of the crowd even though Danny Ainge and Kendrick Perkins, I don't know why, but well, Danny Ainge would never experience it, even though he was on the court with them, right? right. Um, Kendrick Perkins, I guess, doesn't really know what or he's he hearing out, out there or yeah. he tunes it out. But that's not to say that it doesn't exist. So I think I just, like I said, I really do think that they should change the color, of the, the, the skin color of the mascot, Lucky, but I don't know. I don't really think that the merit of the coach should be based just on the skin color. I just think everybody should have the actual opportunity to compete for it and the right person should get the job. No, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, I think you summarized that up pretty well. I mean, they had Doc before, so I don't see what's the big... I don't know why exactly. this is such a big story. Um, I get what's happened there recently. I, I, I get that there's been a lot of uh, racial abuse, especially towards the players. But at the end of the day... If Sam Cassell says he wants to be the next coach of the Boston Celtics, you let Sam Cassell be the next coach of the Boston Celtics. <laughs> I would like that too, because especially Sam Cassell played for the Celtics as well. Exactly. I and I think it'd be somebody who understands the culture and gets what it takes to be a Celtic. And, and albeit I know I think he was there only for a short period of time, I'm not mistaken. Very short. Um, but to your point, Zach, he learned how to win as a Celtic as well. Exactly, which is very important. And I always think that I, I'm very key on, on it doesn't matter which sport you're talking about, having players that have won in those organizations move on in their career after their playing career and transition into an organization. It's good to have those people. Absolutely. You know, when you're surrounded by success, I find it easier to obtain success. And that's, and that's just one thing that I, I stress. And I would like the Celtics to go back to now. Absolutely. As far as their roster is concerned, I think getting rid of Kemba Walker is probably priority. Number one, just trying to find a taker for him would definitely be something. And it sucks for me to say this because I am actually a pretty big Kemba fan, but it's evident now that those knees are done. Like they're shot. Mm. I think he'd be a great role player or even bench player. Ella Derek Rose, but you can't expect him to log the minutes that he used to be logging. Uh, here's a, just based on what you just said. Um, yeah. And this is only based on comparison of their primes, prime Derek Rose or prime Kemba Walker. Ah, uh, D Rose. Okay, good. Yeah. Just making just sure we're on the same page. The height of D Rose was, was ridiculous. That's I'm, and I'm only going off of ceiling. We saw a ceiling taken to, if an I was, <laughs> right. And almost beat the heat. If you go off of longevity though, Kind of got to go Kemba. Well, no, I, I don't know. 
because Derrick Rose isn't over either. Oh, he, true. Like, that's, yeah, that's, no, that's I, a I very that fickle statement. We got to be careful yeah. with on that one. No, no, no. I, I take that back. I take that back just because Derrick, he took bounds and leaps both character wise and ability and skill set wise this year that I feel like he's, it felt like he was back in a sense. One thing we didn't highlight in the Knicks Atlanta series. I can't remember what happened. I think it was Julius Randle who, um, I think he elbowed somebody or whatever and mm-hmm. in, in retaliation and everybody on the bench hired five of them except for one player, which was Derek Rose. Cause Derek Rose is like the, the OG, you know, better don't do this. We don't need this energy here. We're playing basketball for a reason. And those are the character, like that's the character you need in your locker room for the Knicks, just to backtrack a minute. Um, Boston needs to get the right veteran pieces in there. Definitely need to address that point guard position. And right now is the best time that they either have to use their leverage on either Tatum or Brown and figure out which one of these two is going to be a staple for the future because I can't see them both coexisting for the long term of things. I would love for it, but I think you need to be able to spread the value of their products and what you can get in their value. Playing fantasy GM, I wonder if they use Brown to try to swing a deal for Bradley Beal, or if they could be right up there, man. Or and I've heard the rumors they go after Dame. I would love that. I would love that so. I would much. hate that so much, but there's personal reasons for that. <laughs> I would have that jersey tomorrow. <laughs> uh. So we move so that, to the West. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll table that. We'll go. We'll go to the West. All right. Memphis Grizzlies trending up. I like that too. I'm going to go stock up too for the Grizzlies. Um, they just they have a great young backcourt tandem. Finally, mm-hmm. um, Morant and Dylan Brooks looked mm-hmm. really, really great, especially to close out the season and the end of the year. Um, even beating Steph like they did in their final hurrah there. Um, yeah, no, Memphis going up. I think they're turning in the right direction. Once again, a lot of good pieces. Uh, probably the right head coach to fit that culture too, which is something that's an underrated thing. And I, I'm hopeful of their future. I look forward to seeing what John Morant can do. Uh, absolutely. I think John Morant's going to only get better as time goes on. So I got to stock up on that one. Um, you have Jaron Jackson Jr. who's going to become even better as he grows as a player. Like, I mean, you touched upon it. Dylan Brooks, I felt like it was his coming out party this season, especially towards the end of the playoffs. There's a lot of bright spots for this Memphis team, and it's only going to get better. They kind of got a little bit of that jazz and and, uh, Phoenix Suns feel to them right now. Might be a couple of years away, but still. They look good. As long as they continue to add the right pieces. I don't necessarily, I'm not a fan of Grayson Allen, but I understand where he fits into that role too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they need to get a more notable center, either through draft or free agency. At least give some help to Valanciunas a little bit. Right, exactly. And Mm -hmm. yeah, no, stock up. That's that's my thoughts on them. I think they're, I think they'll be in the playoffs next year. I, I see them going into I'll say they finish sixth in the West next year. I I feel like the last two years, people really underestimated them. And kudos to that organization. They've kind of blocked out the noise and 
just said, you know what, guys, just go out and play and just be you and out there. And it's worked for them. For the most part, yeah. I, I have to agree. They're mm-hmm. continuously always pushed either into the playoffs or just on the outskirts of it. Um, they're just so – they're just missing like one or two little pieces to really finally get there. Let's go to the fun one, L.A. Oh, Zach, this is the floor is yours. <laughs> it's Laker time. So if you put this microphone in front of my face after game four, you would have had a different response than what you're going to get now. I was frustrated, angry. Yeah, I was just super disappointed in everything and how it went down, just the whole series itself. But going into game five and after you know sleeping on it, I kind of came to the realization too that like even in the highest moments of this Laker team, I still felt that last year's group molded and bonded a lot better as a collective group than this year's. And I think that there's just too many injuries and not enough time that these guys were able to get together and play. Now I know injuries aren't, shouldn't be used as, as an excuse. I know all teams went through injuries, but it just felt like they could never really get their starting five on the floor at the same time together and healthy. Another aspect that I got to discuss too is their two major acquisitions going into the offseason last year failed. Schroeder and Harrell were nowhere to be seen. I mean, Harrell barely played. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think they make a big move this summer, to be honest. I think they're going to be all in on any of these big superstars if they become available. They're not even going to bat an eye. They'll trade futures and Broadway players, kids. Of, yeah, this a role in Space Jam 3. LeBron might even like trade Space Jam, the franchise. <laughs> you can't have this. It wasn't acceptable, but at the same time too, because of what went down, I have to say like Laker Nation, don't panic. I, I'm going to say stagnant. I'm, I'm not going to go stock up because again, I got to see what their moves are. But it's clear that LeBron's getting older. I mean, street close Anthony Davis over there is... Got to spend more time on the court than, you know, on the bench or in the press box. I think the other cloud that's hanging over everybody's head right now is, is Vogel going to be back? I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know. I really don't know because with Jason Kidd saying no to the Blazer job, I got a feeling that maybe he knows something that we don't know. You took the words right out of my mouth. We'll see. Okay. Zach, you've pretty much summed this up fairly well. Do you want my... Biased or unbiased opinion? Let's start with your unbiased and then go to your bias. Okay. Unbiasedly, you guys will be stagnant. Yeah. Like us, there's a lot of things up in the air. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Jason Kidd refused the Portland Trail Blazers head coaching job, even though Dame was like, he's the guy I want. Um, And he also told Dame, Dame that he's like, I respect you, but I have you know, like it's not working. Yeah, so this is a very interesting place for Lakers fans to be. Like you said, a lot of your your two free agent acquisitions didn't pan out. And then to top that all off, you signed Marcus All, who didn't perform that well either and doesn't move no. that quickly. So you have a three in defensive 
moving slow stretch, but there's a lot of lot of question marks. Andre Drummond, unfortunately, Andre Drummond's a great player, but I don't think that the ceiling. I don't even think his floor matches Anthony Davis. His ceiling matches Anthony Davis's floor. Floor, yeah. Um, the only difference in that, obviously, is the best abilities availability. So Anthony Davis not being available that gives the hair to Drummond. But um, my biased opinion is decreasing because mm-hmm. with all that said, there to the elephant in the room is still LeBron is now thirty six years old and has openly come out and said, I'll never be 100% again. Um, Does that mean, you know, 80% of LeBron is still better than a lot of players, 100%. So I I think you're fine, but that father time is against you, unfortunately. Um, I'm not saying that to be a downer or to, you know, live in my bias, but I I just want to be honest and put some thoughts on there that you guys are obviously going to start looking at going forward. I don't think you guys ever get rid of LeBron because LeBron is the face of the franchise. So if he leaves, it's on his terms. I only see LeBron leaving once his son is drafted. Right. I've always been under the notion that once his son is drafted, wherever his son gets drafted to LeBron will join for that one season. And then that's it. Fair. Okay. I was going to say, do you think he retires right when he gets drafted and like, overshadows his son's announcement of getting drafted by <laughs> announcing his retirement. South yeah, Beach. Yo, I'm out. <laughs> Good luck, son. Uh, Put in 20 years like your pops did, huh? Gifting you six. Oh, yeah, exactly. man, that'd be the worst. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, that's where I sound on you guys. Um, and it's, it's again, I, if there's any franchise that i'm glad is going through the pandemonium that i'm about to go through i'm glad it's you guys <laughs> well, i mean we've also went through our tough times pre-lebron too right sure. so For and sure. it's funny because the players that we had in, in those places have seemed to blossom hey, you in different Clarkson markets and but well clarkson uh, you have randall randall you have uh d'angelo russell a couple of True. years ago you had lonzo on paper that should be a playoff team in a sense but it it just didn't work out and patience does not exist in los angeles especially in the lakers hall rooms but yeah dame to the lakers that's what i'm thinking (laughs) (laughs) Um, i i'm gonna say that uh uh, and this is just me reading in between the lines maybe the maybe the kid situation was also a little bit of a hey um I'm not coming to the Blazers, but if you want to come to the Lakers. Oh, you want me to coach you? Just, you know, come put on this purple and gold over here. Maybe. You're talking about an Oakland guy too, right? I have a hard time seeing Dame away from LA. And I really feel like he's going to end up staying in whatever realm that is over there. So I really do think you guys were more favored to land him than us. Mm-hmm. To rewind back to your last point when we were talking about the Celtics, but It'll be very interesting to watch what you guys do going forward, which, you know, we can segue, use this as a segue going forward. Stock up, stock down for. Uh, I got stock down for the Blazers. I got stock down as well. I think they're going to blow this team up, to be honest. I think there's a lot more to Dame's cryptic tweet than we paid attention to. Yeah, I think it's either Dame gets moved or CJ gets moved. Uh, Yeah, we're about that time. 
And especially because Dame's out here asking how long till preparation meets opportunity when yeah. like when when that starts to come out. Not good. Yeah, no. Um, I hope Dame wins one. Dame's one of the players that I'd like to see walk away with him. But um, me Portland's too. But stock down your head coach search is going into you know. Yeah, you 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 guys hit your ceiling with Terry Scotts. Good luck on the head coaching search. Another name around there that I wouldn't mind seeing, much like to our Celtics, I wouldn't mind seeing Chauncey Phillips uh, coach the Blazers. Yeah, that'd be another good player too. Yeah, I'm going uh, stock down as well. And then the Mavericks. Um, I mean, we we have to touch on the Dallas Mavericks here. <laughs> we kind of said it had to be Luca to win them the series, and he didn't get it done. And I saw... Christoph Porzingis is a little upset with his role, but you know who Christoph Porzingis should be upset with himself, because I've been saying <laughs> this for the longest time. He's got to do more. He's a diva. He's got to, he's got to step up and, and play in these big games. And I get it that Luca dominates the ball. I know he has the ball 40% of the time, but you got to make adjustments, big fellow. Got to do something. I'm expecting the Mavericks to make some moves, and I expect them to get rid of Porzingis this offseason. I'm still going stock up, though, because I think that they're going to start bringing in the right pieces to surround Luka with, and hopefully that pushes them over that hill. I'm right there with you. Stock up. Christoph Porzingis will not return next year as a Dallas Maverick, I don't think. Mm-mm. Luca's already saying I'm planning to be here and get my extension this offseason. Right. And he deserves that. And I'm going to throw this out here and maybe this is a way too early, you know, call it a hot shot or a cold shot. I think that the Blazers move Dame for Christoph Pazingas because they need a big. Yusuf Nurkic is, may not be back. This is probably the prime opportune time for these two to make that exchange. Mm-hmm. And I think Dame and Luca together will be much more of a deadly combo than Dame and CJ or Luca and Prasigas. Good luck, Western Conference, if those two guys decide to link up. I don't I don't put anything past Mark Cuban. I don't think he's afraid to do anything to get ahead. No. So yeah, that's what I got. You want to take that plane down to Tennessee now? Right on down to Tennessee. Oh, okay. Zach. So for those who don't know, and we're going to switch to the NFL here, a certain team from Tennessee made a deal for a, for a certain superstar wide receiver. The Tennessee Titans sent a second-round pick. Was that, that it? It was just a second-round second pick? Second-round pick and a fourth-round pick. I can't even finish this. <laughs> or wide receiver, pro bowler, and future Hall of Famer, I'm going to say this, Julio Jones. In Atlanta. So now the Tennessee Titans have a deadly combination of AJ Brown and Julio Jones. And at the running back position, they have Derrick Henry. Oh boy. Should I start this one off? You would would you like to start this off and get oh. your bias rant off? Or would you like actually you know, you know what? what? You... I got you. Let me start because yes. I feel like things that I'm going to say here are going to trigger you as well. <laughs> oh, yes. Go for it. Okay. So one, no matter what the trade would have been, as long as it's not a first, I would have felt like the Atlanta Falcons are getting ripped off, even though I understand now that 
there's a good chance that the Tennessee Titans are probably taking on that full $38 million contract that's left over the course of the next three years for Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Also, along with that, I would like to apologize to Julio Jones. I've talked about your injury history a lot. I did the research. Guess what? With the exception of last year, 15 to 16 games every other year, never been missing, never been a problem. Mm-hmm. With that being said, there's a couple of factors here that make me happy. I'm not going to lie, Zach. Number one, week one, the Philadelphia Eagles open up against the Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons. Okay. <laughs> As you guys can tell, the Philadelphia Eagles still don't have a corner number two officially that's deemed appropriate to be a number two corner in the NFL. Not saying that it may not be there, just saying we haven't seen it. So the thought of me starting the NFL season facing Julio Jones, Kyle Pitts, and Calvin Ridley, I wasn't sleeping easy at night when I first thought of that and saw the schedule and was like, this is how we're going to start football gods? This is what you're going to do to me? (laughs) So number one, Julio Jones is out of there. That opens up week one for me, takes a little bit of stress off. Um, Number two, as we're aware, the Colts and the Eagles had a trading of picks, or not a trading of picks, I'm sorry, you guys received Carson Wentz and we received your second or first overall pick, which can be a first pick if Carson Wentz plays 70% of the snaps and makes the playoffs Mm -hmm. or 75% of the snaps, right? Mm -hmm. Which also ensures me with the fact that Julio Jones is now in your division that you guys are going to not rest Carson Wentz going gets later into the season. And you're going to need him to play for playoff position, even though that extra spot is now available, which yes. there. <laughs> Listen, okay. <laughs> That's why I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off <laughs> because I have to see this guy two times a freaking year now. And I don't think we have the corner depth to match up with both of these guys. Derrick Henry, we can contain. We have the linebacker crew. We have the front four that can at least derail what is known as Derrick Henry. AJ Brown, we can take him away. But both of them together? It's not fair. Well, I, I, I really thought about that. I'm like, even if you say you double up AJ Brown, what, you're going to put your number two corner on Julio? pissed me off so much now this is the same guy who i'm being hypocritical obviously who said no team who has won the super bowl has won with the top five uh wide receiver in the league however if you want to at least a lengthy playoff run you need playmakers and the fact is you got carson you brought in carson once and you didn't even try to at least at least drive up the price like, that's what pisses me off. Like, you should – if you're the Colts, you should know that these guys are looking at Julio Jones. Try to start a bidding war. Try to make them pay for it. On the plus side, though, I, I mean, yes, we saved money. So, going forward, at least for the Colts' sake. You already got to deal with Carson's contract. You don't need that extra 38 on there, two over two. Right. And then, plus, you know, we need to get, we need to get some guys locked up too that are key pieces, especially on the um, offensive line. Looks like Darius Leonard might sign the most expensive deal for a linebacker. Woo! And deservingly hey, that, so. Deservingly so. Yes. Um, I, this, frustrated, this frustrated me 
more than the Lakers getting knocked out of the playoffs. <laughs> you saw the, the Lakers coming at least. <laughs> the only positive out of all of this is that Tennessee Titans defense is still trash. That's all I can say to that. They might still lose a game 45-43. I'm fired up about this. I did not want this to happen. And as soon as he started freaking tweeting this out, and then I had shout out to the bus and with the boys, no free shout outs, Taylor Lewin advocating to get Julio over there. I knew it. I knew it right away. I'm like, great. He's going over there. And here I am hoping that the, I was take honestly, I was at the point where I was like, new England, take him. Oh, honestly, wow. I was at that point because at least he's not in my conference. Oh, sorry. He's not in my division, but like, Jesus, like Zach. out of all places he could go, it had to be there. And this is, by the way, I'm also in a sense, I'm praising Ryan Tannehill because what I'm actually saying is that Ryan Tannehill can actually manage these two wide receivers. Right. He'll, he'll be able to definitely uh, distribute the ball to both those guys and also keep Derrick Henry happy. Do but you man, think oh man. his decision had anything to do with the fact you slid in his DMs? Why would you have to bring that up? <laughs> it's okay. We can move on. We can move on. We can move on. <laughs> Uh, bias aside, I mean, good move to, for to be fair. You weren't the only one who slid in his DMs. Um, so did AJ Brown, but yeah, I, I mean, hey, D Hop was saying he was going to take a, a pay cut to get him in, in Arizona, so <laughs> so you would have had D Hop, AJ Green, and Julio Jones. I still bring more merit to that. <laughs> <laughs> You're still advocating for that. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, this is um. Fun time to be a Titans fan. I'll say that. Yeah. Congratulations to them. Uh, I empathize with you, buddy, because this is not an easy thing to deal with. Jesus Christ. But AJ Brown and Julio Jones are going to be a nasty nightmare together. Best wide receiver duo in the league. I'm going to throw some names out here. And you want me to say better or worse? Okay. I'm going to start easy and then we'll go harder. Okay. Woods and Cup. Better. Sorry, Julio and, and Julio and AJ yeah. Brown are better. Yeah, yeah. Theo and Jefferson. Ooh, this is a tough one. I'm still gonna say better, but it's pretty close. Okay. Evans Godwin. Better. OBJ Landry. Better. I'm and I'm saying better off for the last two for the same reason. Availability. Okay. And my last one. Lock it, DJ Metcalf. Lock it, DJ. Better. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. That's a really tough one. It's because, but Russ is such a factor in that. I'm trying to just judge it by receiver, by receiving talent alone. I think. Yeah, I think I think they're better. But when you start factoring quarterbacks, I mean Godwin Evans, but you get Brady. Yeah, that that makes it a little bit tougher. You know, you get Thiel and Jefferson, but you have Kirk Cousins. But just on the skill level <laughs> of Thielen and Jefferson, like that that's why I was like, it's pretty close, even though I'm putting Julio and AJ Brown above them. Anyway, uh, Titans fans, rejoice. You should be happy. Colts fans, we're going to have to just beat them on the field. That's it. That's all. Just let Carson go ham. All right. So let's uh, bring back an old segment that we haven't done in a while. Catch your fade time. Catch your fade. Catch your fade. Okay. Nick Saban, Alabama coach, got a huge extension. 
Um, catch your fade. Does Nick Saban get to 340 wins before his contract runs out in 2029? So at the end of at the beginning of 2029, so end of 2028. How many wins does he have right now? No, he's at 256 wins. Okay. And they play 14 times a year. I think he's going to get it. Yes. Yeah. 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 I yeah. think, I I think, think he, gets he gets it. I think he gets it as well. I'm going to go catch on that one. You know that if, if he gets to 340 wins, that would rank him as the fifth all-time most winning football coach and third all-time in Div 1. Holy shit. Yeah. Shout out to I, you, Nick Saban. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, you also kind of wonder, like, if he didn't make that move to Miami. Yeah, I know. Who, would know, what else who knows? Been? Who knows? <laughs> but now look at him. He produces the greatest, well, one of the greatest talents that come out of the school, uh, mm-hmm. out of Alabama. Um, the only sad part is, like, he produces wide receivers better than quarterbacks. But For now. We don't for know. Now, for now. For the, now. Uh, the jury's still out. I mean, we'll see what happens there. Well, we have perfect sample size between Tua, Jalen, and um, Mac coming up this year. So, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I just want to note something. I have heard some rumblings that Arch Manning might be looking at going into going to Alabama. So he oh, visited. I thought he was with... going to lock up with Clemson for sure. <laughs> no, he he's dabbling. He's looking at different different uh, programs. I know Clemson's up there as one of his favorites, but I'm sure he's going to get a, at least get a visit to Alabama. If he goes to Bama, I think that 340 becomes a a joke like sooner than later for, for Saban. (laughs) Yeah. Just notch up another 14 right now. (laughs) All right. Next topic. Next one. DMX. Let's go with the album. Yes. Exodus. Exodus. Catch your fade on your end. You guys know that DMX is one of my favorite artists. He's in my personal top five. This album was a catch for me off of the track list alone. (laughs) Um, I really like the album. We tried to delve into this in one of our earlier episodes, but we didn't because Mm -hmm. our whole fandom wouldn't allow us to do this. But um, (laughs) Nas on Basalt and on the second record, um, Nas Jones, ever since, you know, you said he said it himself, cryptocurrency scarface. Ever since he's been bolstering about this, he's come out on a different level. His album last year was amazing, not to celebrate Nos because this is about X. The album's fairly good, a lot of heat on it. I was a big fan of it. It was just it was very tough for me to get through that album, though. I still, yeah, I can't mind you, I have I have a few songs that are still on my phone because naturally so but uh just a great album just very hard for me to deal with agreed unfortunately though i'm gonna go with fade on my end and it's not it's not because i don't think the album i thought the album was actually pretty decent i just i have problems with posthumous albums yeah and the fact that i don't find he's featured too i know it's his album but he, he doesn't have too many bars in it it just kind of takes away the allure for me. I thought Swizz did a good job. Yeah. Don't get me wrong on that end. And it's also unfair because I actually thought when he did rap on the album, I thought DMX was actually very solid. And you could even make an argument was probably the best on the album. What was your favorite feature off the album? Letter to My Son. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the one. 
A lot of emotions on that one. Walking in the Rain was good, too. I didn't mind that one, too. Bath Salts, obviously, too, was... Fire. <laughs> we, yeah, we talked about that. One day, we're going to get into the longevity run of Wayne. Mm-hmm. Because Wayne, I was really impressed with Wayne's feature on that album, too. Yeah, and he, he sounded like he was... Like, his mind was back in it, too. I felt like the last couple of years, I, I felt like he was just staying relevant, that sounded a lot more like old school Wayne versus what we have been getting from him. I will say this too, for, for a Wayne feature, if you go to the song gang gang by him and Polo G, you skip the Polo G verse. I'm not a fan of Polo G. It's okay. But if you hear Wayne's verse, but speaking of Polo G, you just said you're not a fan of it, but if you go to LA leakers, he did a freestyle on, um, Rough Rider Anthem. Oh, wow. And it's really good. Should, I definitely recommend you check it out. I'll, I'll give him the ear for it. Yeah, I'm not a fan yeah. of his music, but I can still stand to, you know, respect yeah. the artist enough to do that. Mm-hmm. No, one day we have to get into the actual longevity talk of Wayne and having probably one of the greatest runs ever in hip hop. For sure. Um, did you listen to the Baby and Dork album? No, no I did not. You're not I did really not. fans of those either, right? No, I'm not okay. a huge fan of but I could still give it a listen. I could give you my thoughts next uh, next week if you okay, want. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, give it a quick run through. Um, I'm not saying because, like you, it has to be the right song in the right moments. Right. Um, you know how like Method Man and Red Man complimented each other. Right. Yeah, that's like that's Baby and Dirk. I'll, okay. I'll put them. I'll put them up there with that. So they feed off of each other. Yeah, really well. Really, okay. really well. And for the last catch and fade, speaking of feeding off of each other, Floyd versus Logan. Oh, yeah. This. It's, it's not to do with the actual match, but just were, were people robbed? No. You got exactly what you paid for. <laughs> Floyd, Floyd put him to sleep and then caught him awake. First of all, I didn't pay any... I didn't give this any attention. Okay, honestly, I had Floyd eventually knocking him down i had him by tko uh to like but just by body shots maybe in like the fifth or sixth round you know what i mean like later on but once it became apparent like from just judging by the clips that i saw once it became apparent that he basically like you said knocked him out and then caught him this was more to do with let logan survive than let floyd showcase his boxing skill did you see what the stats were for yes. their hits, yes, and for Jake Paul to say that this was a win, I'd be, albeit, I get, I mean, to a certain extent, sure, you could say that at least he survived, but that wasn't also Floyd's full tilt right there. I'm gonna put up the stats on our on our Instagram page because I've seen some people somewhere write the fact that they think Log this is a W for Logan Paul just you know because Floyd let him live. <laughs> We're going to look at the stats and then I want you guys to keep that same energy with me about that conversation because Floyd yeah. did what Floyd was supposed to do. We all knew, hey, Floyd doesn't have to knock anybody out. And this does not tarnish his record. This does nothing for him except get him a bag. Also stated he was done with boxing after this. So, yeah, he made a quick lick and then he was out. Hey, Ocho Cinco tweeted it earlier eight minutes, $1 million. Was it cool at first? Sure. I like more of what Jake is doing versus Logan. Fair. I find Jake's fighting people for real. Mm-hmm. It actually has more of a boxing feel to it. 
but this celebrity sideshow stuff, like I'm kind of already over it. It was fun the first couple of times, but for me now it's, it's, it's done. It's done. It's because they're not putting up a fight that we really want to see. Right. Like there's nobody. I, and I guess that's also my bias because I'm also a purist. Like I actually prefer to see the top level athletes at their sport go one-on-one with each other. Mm -hmm. And especially for boxing where I'm not balls deep in boxing, I gravitate. If Canelo's on, I'll watch the Canelo fights. If, you know, Tyson Fury, Wilder or Joshua are fighting against each other, I'll watch that. But for the casual fights, I don't really care about, I'm more of an MMA fan. I just prefer to watch at the highest level and, no offense to these guys, but it's just, it doesn't feel like it. It feels very uh, WWE like in a sense. But I wholeheartedly understand that as well. I mean, this is being extorted for a cash grab. A lot of people are getting a quick break out of this, and that's what it's supposed to be. And good and good for them too, right? Yeah, like, of get course. The bag. I don't disagree with that. Like, make your money. Well, listen, to that point, I will also say that both Logan and Jake have made it very clear what their intentions are with doing just this, which is not to essentially compete for anything, like not to be a cruiserweight champion, not for any of that. Mm. They're essentially just doing this because they want to be the best entertainers in the world. I, whatever they uh, do. I, I, can, I can understand that. I disagree with that on Jake's part. Excuse me. I Logan. Yes. Logan, hundred percent. It's an entertainment value. Jake signed with Showtime Boxing. Therefore, he's going to be expecting to fight real boxers. Showtime doesn't fuck around. I'll, That's I'll say true, that. actually. Jake seems to be really under the notion that he can do this. So if he can, go for it. Try it out and see what happens. But I'm curious to see once they start fighting real boxers. We'll see how that goes. Like I'm actually more intrigued for the Woodley-Jake yeah. Paul fight than I was for the Ben Askren one because I actually have seen... Uh, Woodley knock a person out. I have seen more of a, a boxing background for, from Woodley. Woodley. However, Woodley hasn't lost. I uh, sorry, hasn't won in the last four fights. Woodley has been TKO'd and has been in fights where it doesn't seem like he wants to be there. The chin isn't what it used to be. Maybe it swings more to Jake's favor on this one, but at least now it's like you could kind of make an argument for two fighters. This one's just a circus show. Well, that's that's essentially what they brought it to be, right? There's, mm-hmm. anyways. Um, shout out to Triller. Shout out to anybody who competes with Triller. Um, well, gets they're gone, right? Yeah, Triller's they, Triller's done now. <laughs> listen, they were cheaper than actual boxing. <laughs> yeah, it was fifty dollars for the Pete fight. Davids, yeah, Pete Davidson on your panel. Oh, Snoop was still the best in the first one. <laughs> Grandma, they fighting again. <laughs> yeah, gotta love Snoop Dizzle. Um, before we get out of here, one more announcement for uh, two forthcoming albums. One post-Thomas and one that I've personally been waiting for. Go so for first it. one, post-Thomas, pop, we're getting Pop Smoke's second album. Nice. Which, if I'm a betting man, there's a DMX feature on there. Just want to also throw this out there too. On the Migos side. Oh, June 11th. Yes, uh, Culture 3, Pop Smoke will have a feature on there. Oh, nice. I like that. I want to hear that. And the other, both of these announcements were released by Steven Victor. Steven Victor worked very close with both of these artists because if you know anything about Steven Victor, the next artist I'm about to say is partially responsible for the ascension of Pop Smoke and 
getting his name out there. That's a push of T albums on the way. Mm, that's going to go hard too. Yeah. Spotify better be blowing up for you guys listening to this podcast. And then plus those other albums, I'll say that. We'll take a crowd anywhere you guys want to. If not, here's free pub, but only to you guys this one time. <laughs> Cause no more free shout outs. No free shout outs. Anything else you'd like to add there before we uh, end this? No, I'm pretty cool. I think, I think we've covered everything we've had to cover. I look forward to getting back to this next week. Pretty soon, hey, we'll be able to do this uh, together. In person. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. Different energy. We should should get it together for one of the playoff games. Those Western Eastern finals? I'm down. I'm down. We'll work that out. This is the two-point culture. We out. Peace.